everyone, and welcome to Rewind Crime Podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Brower, and here with me today is Anita Carver, our co-host. Hello, everybody. I'm really excited about this story that we're going to be doing today. Me too. So let's get started. This is the story of Lauren Elizabeth Colvin Thompson. Lauren Elizabeth Colvin Thompson was born on April the 17th, 1986, and was 32 years old at the time of her disappearance. She had attended Palestine High School, graduating in 2004. After graduation, um, Anita and I did a lot of research trying to figure out what happened with her and where she went and what she did, but there was very little, actually, that we could find on her other than she's had three children who are adorable. They are cuties. On um, January 10th, 2019, Lauren called her mom, Tori Colvin, and asked to speak with her kids. According to a statement issued by her mom later, Lauren sounded disoriented and panicked and told her mom that she just wanted to tell her kids that she loved them. She also told her mom that she loved her and wanted to tell her dad that she loved him as well. Well, her mom said everybody was not around for her to actually be able to talk to them other than her. I think the kids were asleep, I think. Kids were asleep. Dad was gone, gone. somewhere, yeah. I believe. Um, and she said that um, she told her mom after that that she wished that she could be strong like her. And the mom advised her that she could be if she would stay away from drugs, which seems to be a common theme in a lot of the stuff that we work yeah, on, it seems it's, like. It's sad what drugs will do to families. Yes. So Lauren said that if she ever got out of whatever she was in now, that she would never do drugs again, which would have been a good thing. But Tori, Lauren's mom, could hear what sounded like to her a black man in the background saying, you don't need to be calling anybody. And she hollered back at him and said that she needed to tell her kids that she loved them. She again told her mom she loved her and that she was so sorry. That was the last time her mom heard her voice. Yeah, it's, just, it's scary. Like, you just wonder what was going on that she felt such an urgency to tell the people that she loved, that she loved them. That's, uh, what was happening in the background? Yeah, what would make yeah. her think that? Well, you know, you'd think that's like a, you know, she thinks she's not going to live to see them again, possibly, you know, who knows? But that's what I would picture, right? On, which is pretty scary. And as a mom, I mean, what was the mom thinking when she called and told her that? It's like, okay, what's happening right now? I think if that had been my child calling me, I would have been like, wait, what's what's going on? Right, where are you? Uh, yes, Let where me are you? you? Let me come out there, whatever. I'm going to come do something, whatever. But evidently that didn't happen. So anyway, um, shortly thereafter, just a few minutes later at 2.10 p.m., Lauren called 911. That call lasted 21 minutes. Wow. She spoke to the Panola County Sheriff's Office and told a dispatcher she was running through the woods where she thought someone was chasing her. There were reports that gunshots were heard, but according to Joshua Jenkins, who is with the Texas Rangers and helped with an investigation later, he um, told the, I think it was Dateline NBC, wasn't it? I know there was a Dateline um, special about this. He told um, one of the places that had actually done a story on this, that he's actually heard the 9-11 tapes and that he didn't hear any shots fired. 
and the call that was happening with 911 actually ended abruptly. They said they thought her phone went dead. And that was the last time anyone ever heard from Lauren. Officers actually located Lauren's last location through pinging her cell phone and arrived on scene within five minutes of the phone going dead. So what happened in that five minutes? Well, you know, you think five minutes is not a long time, but if you're running for your life or fighting for your life or whatever, that's an eternity. That's a long time. I mean, I know that the police got there as fast as it would seem was be humanly possible. Yes. But, you know, a 20-minute, well, actually 21-minute, I guess, 911 call is crazy. That's crazy. And, I mean, it's... For 21 minutes, you're on the phone with 911, where nobody knows where you are. And evidently, she couldn't tell them where she was. The area that she was in was actually a remote kind of area, and it was very densely wooded. So she's running through this dense wooded area, right? which doesn't really make sense to me, but I've not been to the location, so I don't know if maybe it's just densely wooded around the edges, but it opens up in the middle, maybe. I don't know. Right. But it supposedly was, um, her phone was actually pinged and there were, in one thing it said there were three pings and another article we read there were five pings. Right. And I will say that I actually called, um, one of our local sheriffs or our local sheriff here right. and talked to him a little bit about the pinging issue. Right. Because, because I wondered if like, you know, Right. I've, I've heard phone records are kind of a sacred thing. Like, you know, you can't really get a hold of them. Right. So pinging and the phone, that, that, that's... While she's on the phone. Right. It's like, can you really make that happen? But right. evidently you can. Well, that's awesome to know. Yes. And the deal about the five different pings is he was saying that sometimes you really can't depend on those being accurate out in the county. If you're in the city and you've got lots of different cell towers right. that you're pinging off of... That's one thing. But if you've got a cell tower that's just one cell tower for like oh, 10 miles or, right. you know, 15 miles or whatever, you know how it is out in the country. Oh, and you go in and out of cell power. Story of my um, life. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Since you live way out in the country. I do live way well out, out in uh, La La Land. Anyway, we know how that is. And he was telling me that that is very difficult um, to ping accurately. So mm-hmm. she may have been in the same place. And they were pinging that, and it could have been five different locations that it pinged. Right. That, that was his explanation to me. Well, so. that would explain why they couldn't find her when they got there. Right. Uh, and we also read something that they actually ended up finding a shoe. A shoe, yeah. And eventually, I think they found her phone. Well, and, and some of the things we read said the phone went dead, but it it kind of went dead at a time um, from what they, what some people said from the 911 tapes, like that you could hear like a man had gotten, right. like someone Closer had gotten close to her. To her. Yes. You could hear like people, you hear a conversation, you hear voices or whatever, right. and the phone goes dead. So right. it's kind of very cryptic, like, did it just go dead or did somebody make it go dead? You exactly. Know? So, you know, what did happen to her? Right. It's very interesting. Um, you know, just the more you read about it, the more. Very confusing as it well. It is. It's very confusing. Yes. <laughs> it just kind of sucks you yeah. in and keeps yes. you in there. Keeps you in there. Okay. Protecting your employees' inventory and commercial assets is essential in today's world. Security locksmiths can help. Since 1979, Security Locksmiths has been a leader in security for a 500-mile radius of Texarkana, Texas. 
They provide a variety of complete packages, including commercial door hardware, commercial doors and frames, access control systems, high security locks, safes, alarm systems, gate operators, video surveillance systems, intrusion detection systems, and much more. Their team will help you choose the right system for your unique needs. Wouldn't you like to rest easy knowing that you have the proper amount of security in place? Call Security Locksmiths today for a consultation at 903-831-3797. Theft, shootings, loss prevention, parking lot security, home protection, these are just a few of the reasons to have a video surveillance system installed in your business, church office, or home by Security Locksmiths. So let's digress. What actually happened that day with Lauren Thompson? I mean, who really knows for sure? Um, the family initially hired an investigator slash psychic, whose name was Karen Janice, to help them find out. Um, That's evidently, an interesting approach. Yes. And um, however, that might not have been their best decision that they ever made on this. Um, she, according to articles that we read, was not always the most ethical investigator. In fact, she did many things that could be interpreted the wrong way. I totally understand wanting to know what happened, but, you know, sometimes we make mistakes in who we choose to help us find out what has happened. But you want to know what happened. You don't want somebody muddying the water even more than right. what you already have. And some say that she actually did that. So, um, and I totally get the whole psychic thing because there are psychics, I believe, that can oh. tell you things. But I'm, Absolutely. Anyway, with that said, here is what allegedly was happening that day that Lauren went missing. According to reports and witness statements, Lauren was with Scotty Fields, Linda Moore and Shelly Moore, who all were cousins, and Ricky Briggs, who one person said was 66 years of age, almost twice her age, and didn't quite understand why she was with him. The others were closer to her age, so she was like, okay, why is that? Questioning that. Um, they actually told police that they had been fishing earlier that day. So here's the interesting thing. Linda Moore and Shelly Moore are mother and daughter, and they are all second cousins with the lead investigator, Sarah Fields, with the sheriff's department in this case. So Ricky Briggs is also related to the landowner who owned the land where this happened. Wow. What a tangled web. Yes. So <laughs> it makes it a little um, suspicious. It does. And although, you know, they may have nothing to do with it. Well, they may have done the absolute best they can, but there's just that hint that mm, yeah, there could be some looks kind not of so suspicious. kosher things going on. Yes. So allegedly, Lauren had parked her car or actually had been run off or ran off the road into a ditch and got stuck, I think is what they said, that she had run off the road and gotten stuck. Um, photos from the scene, however, would indicate that there was no mud there to get stuck in. Hmm. So her vehicle you was have, to have something going on. Yeah, there's to be some mud or, or something. something. Yeah, and um, she drove a forerunner that was four wheel drive. Wow. So I'm thinking that a forerunner and four wheel drive in that area, one tire in the mud would not have gotten her stuck. Well, and I think we'd seen pictures of the forerunner while we were doing our research, and there was not. I mean, I've been stuck in the mud. I live in the country. And so when you're stuck in the mud, you 
you spin tires, you splash mud up the side of the vehicle, and there was none of that no. on that vehicle. No mud. So anyway, however, you know, later inspection of the vehicle, um, there were scratches on the side of the car that could possibly indicate that someone ran her off the road and into the ditch. In fact, the vehicle had actually had an estimate to get a few other items fixed a couple of weeks earlier, and the person that did that estimate told investigators that the damage to the front driver's side of the vehicle was not there at that time. I believe it was um, white paint. Yeah, they speculated, yeah. It was yes. a white vehicle that had done the damage. Had run her off the road. Um, so anyway, at the time of the disappearance, Sheriff Ke- Kevin Lake of the Panola County Sheriff's Department told citizens that he would not allow any individuals to assist in searching the wooded area that Lauren went missing in. The landowners there had stated that they didn't want a lot of people they didn't know on their land and would prefer only law enforcement to do all of the searching. Um, I'm not real sure how anyone could tell a grieving family that they couldn't look for their missing child or have their friends come or a family, whatever, come and help them actually create a search party and come and look for their family. I, I can't imagine the people that would do that. I think I would probably have pitched a little hissy fit myself. Right. If that had been my child that went missing, because I would want to at least be somewhere helping do something right. and not just sitting twiddling my thumbs. Well, and I think I'd seen somewhere, um, if I remember correctly, the mother had said something about talking to the landowners and they acted like they were okay. So there's a lot of, back, yeah. you know, there's so much questions. Yeah. So many questions, questions. So much, you know, it's, it's there's a a lot of suspicious yes. stuff going on well, here. According to Sheriff Lake, they actually had the resources, searches, the resources, sorry guys, resources to search the area and actually did search more than 2,000 acres by foot and 8,000 acres by air, including um, utilizing a heat-seeking helicopter that was provided by DPS and with the assistance of Texas Parks and Wildlife. They had 31 searchers on the ground along with 12 canines and still no well, sight. It kind of sounds like maybe, you know, with the heat-seeking, of course, you know, if if you're deceased, your body's not making heat anymore, so I don't know how that works. But the but, dogs should have been able to. right. But, I, we, you know, yeah. we saw somewhere when we were researching that there was, I don't know why, I don't know the area, but apparently there was a lot of water in the area that kind of hindered things for a while, too. So yeah. I don't really know. And they had a lot of rain, they said, right after that. Right. So the rain brought the water and could have washed the smells away, but a cadaver is going to smell. Right. So if you have cadaver dogs out there, if she had been out there, they should have been able to find her. Absolutely. But it just, that kind of hinders the investigation, all that rain. It's washing away. It has to be washing away yes. know, evidence of some sort. Yes. Whatever that might be. Whatever that might be. Yes. Whether you are new to shooting or handguns, or you just want a professional eye to evaluate your fundamentals, Legendary Firearms in Nash, Texas can provide the training you need. Legendary Firearms Beginner Basic Pistol Class is taught by T. Cole Certified Instructor Raymond Calhoun and NRA Certified Pistol Instructor Debbie Brower. Private lessons are also available. 
Both Raymond and Debbie will be happy to spend the time to help you learn to be comfortable with your pistol. If you would like to schedule, register at www.legendaryshootingsports.com or call 903-336-6139 to schedule your lesson. Okay, so back to the vehicle. Um, once they actually got possession of the vehicle, they started looking at the vehicle, obviously found the dents or whatever, and they found Ricky Briggs's personal items that were located inside, which, you know, obviously indicated that he had been in the car when Lauren got stuck in the ditch. Um, one article we found stated that the foursome had made their way to the rural Rock Hill area to fish and hang out at Ricky Briggs's home. Now, this is outside of Carthage, Texas. Right. So I know we talked about Panola County, but Panola County is actually Carthage, Texas. So they were outside of that area in the what was called the Rock Hill area. Again, a very densely wooded area, um, down a little dirt road area that she got stuck you on. Know, maybe I just have a suspicious nature, which that's probably true, but why do I not picture these four people fishing that day <laughs> was there, good question was there fishing stuff located in the vehicle i there, mean i would be there curious was fishing know. stuff they did have fishing stuff with them at some point well, but now whether wrong. or not they had actually fished with it right nobody actually said other than they just said they had been out there to fish just kind of seems suspicious yes according to those witnesses however when they got there Lauren seemed to be scared, and in fact, she had been nervous throughout the whole day, scared and nervous all day long. She said she was being stalked, and she was scared for her life, and the three witnesses actually stated that Lauren just eventually just ran off into the woods, away from them, deeper and deeper. Hmm. But did she tell them why she was scared, who she was scared of, what? Evidently not, or if they did, the witnesses aren't telling them. Well, you know, sometimes people kind of close the shop, you know, they're like they close the, they don't talk to the police. And we know that because we've actually talked to, had another podcast we did and had somebody that actually, a bunch of people actually that talked to us. Right. Because they knew us and they trusted us and they won't talk to the police. Right. So. Especially if they're doing things maybe they shouldn't be doing. Right. They don't want to talk to the police at all. No. And so who knows, you know, what. They are, you know, they, again, you know, they stated that Ricky at some point in time had decided to go home from fishing after Lauren got stuck and then Lauren just ran off. Well, now is he the one that was going to get something to pull, supposedly pull her out of the ditch when he saw her just randomly get out of her car and run into the woods? Yes, that Hmm. would be the man. That doesn't sound suspicious at all. No, it doesn't, does it? And that is the real suspicious nature of this whole thing. It's like, none of this makes sense to me. It's like, why would she just get out of her car and start running? I mean, if there was somebody else out there with them, then did the other three not see that person? And where were the other two? If Ricky's gone to go get whatever to pull her out, what happened to the other two? Yeah. Where are they? Yeah, where are they? And there's no mention about where they were or what was happening at that point in time. Because supposedly all four of them were out there. And then all of a sudden it became just two of them are out there. And then she runs off. And did she run off from the car? 
or did she run off from where they were at the the house or how did she run it's off? Very because it's like yes. And I, and I know like when we were trying to research this, um it was frustrating because there's not a lot that's been released from the police department. So you don't even mm-hmm. really know the police Some, won't release anything. Sometimes you don't know if you know something until you know until like they say what they're looking for, right. you know? So, you know, it, it was frustrating because yes. I'd never had a case so hard to try to figure out who all the players are. Right. You know? Because you don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. All the facts. So, anyway. Frustrating. Yes, frustrating. Anyway, according to many, of course, the case was botched from the beginning. You know, they don't believe the sheriff's office did what they should have done. They don't, you know, think that they should have stopped them from being able to search everything. All of that, you know, comes down. And however, the sheriff's office says that they've done everything possible to find Lauren. And if you look at the sheriff's department Facebook page, you actually can see post after post after post saying, help us find Lauren. Please share this. You know, we've done everything we can. We've done all these searches, whatever. And and possibly for them, that's, you know, that they have done everything that they can possibly do right now because she, it looks like she disappeared without a trace. Well, and, and things, I know there's a lot of suspicion there because there's relatives of the police officers or the investigators or whatever involved in this. But there were other people brought in. I mean, the Texas Rangers were there. I mean, I think some FBI there was there was other people, yes. other agencies, the other, other policing agencies that actually like investigated this, and as not just well. them. Yes, yeah. So I mean, and that's that goes beyond local, you right. know. So they're they wouldn't, they shouldn't be affected by that. Yeah. Sort of thing. And the thing is, you know, they even though the investigator was kin to those people, I mean, to me. She should have recused herself from this case because that just looks inappropriate. You know, that's what brings on the, you know, y'all aren't doing everything, whatever, because y'all are covering this up for somebody, even though she may not. You know, we don't know. Many families hate each other. Well, so she could possibly hate all those people. I don't know. We haven't talked to her. So, but there's always that. Like she could have done the best she could. Um, you you just, it, it, it just feels kind of funny. But then I also understand. Small town police departments, they may not have a bunch of investigators. She may be the the one right. that does that sort of thing. So, you know, it's like, where do you go from, from there? there? And what you know? do you do? Exactly. So they may have done everything exa- everything they could do at that point. Yes. And she may be, you know, investigator of the year. Right. You know, for all investigators in the state of Texas, we don't know. But obviously they did as much as they could, as much as they actually ended up, you know, calling in the Texas Rangers, calling in DPS, calling in the, you know, parks and wildlife people or whatever. They were trying at least to find her. And I believe that, you know, they did the best they could. I think circumstances were just beyond where they could actually make things happen at that time with the water and with the, you know, denseness of the forest Again, I'm not sure how I understand how she was. She ran the many different places she ran, if the pings are correct, because it was a long way. And I don't don't get that. There was a lot of things working against them. It seems like, like you know, especially with the water, yeah, and the denseness of the location, and you know, stuck tire which wasn't stuck. It didn't look like or whatever. 
you know, it's like she's just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth because you'd think by now she would have surfaced somewhere yes. if, if she was in that area. And it's really scary to me that this is the second case we've done where they've disappeared without a trace. Yeah. And that's scary to me that there's two women we've done stories on that literally have disappeared. Well, that's why, like, when you're reading these cases, it's creepy because, you know, that person had a life, was doing things, you know, and then all of a sudden they they are just gone. Yeah, and again, if you looked at her Facebook, you know, you can go back for a long, long way, and she had pictures of her kids. I saw a video of her and one of her kids, like, at the skating rink. They were skating. They were doing all kinds of cool stuff, and she obviously loved her children. I, I do think that she did not leave of her own fruition. I think Somebody something's has. happened to her. She yes. cannot get back here, whether that be that she's deceased or she's just, you know. Gone. Somebody took know, her. Being taken into sex trafficking or whatever. I mean, there's a lot something. of there's a lot of things that go on in the area yes. that are just mind boggling. You know, you think small town. You know, East Texas area, you uh, don't have you a lot of think that, but, but you really do. It's really you know, terrifying when you, you start kind of looking at that sort of thing. Well, and, you know, there was also some talk on one of the chats that we found about her ex-boyfriend, whose name was John Bandy, who actually has been to jail in the past for several different things, including burglary, DWI, causing bodily injury, including a spouse. So we're assuming that's where he possibly... um Maybe did something to his wife at the time. He supposedly made a death threat against his wife. And another woman who's close friends, who was close friends with Lauren, um, you know, just another angle. I mean, you know, who really knows where she is? It's like, it's like she vanished into thin air. I mean, like there's nothing but a shoe. One shoe. One shoe. Where's the other one? Did you know that 70% of home break-ins happen during the daytime when you, the homeowner, are at work? Don't be left unprotected. Prime Tech Systems is here to help. Burglar alarm and camera systems installed can save lives and protect your assets. Prime service, prime equipment, Prime Tech Systems. Contact Prime Tech Systems for a free home valuation. Visit Prime Tech Systems in their new showroom at 301A Industrial Boulevard, Nash, Texas, in the Nash Business Park, or give them a call at 903-278-0830. So this case has been somewhat controversial because of the fact that the family (laughs) officially hired the private investigator's psychic, Karen Janice, who's called all, caused all kinds of issues in Panola County. Um, Janice is a self-reclaimed psychic in, slash investigator who became very close to the family very quickly. So along with an Australian podcaster, they decided to gain attention by sharing her thoughts with a worldwide audience. However, it wasn't long before she went a little bit overboard. Um, eventually, copies of emails and text messages were became available or were somehow gotten they were they surfaced they surfaced (laughs) where she was encouraging a panola county resident to make witnesses give up information no matter what they had to do to them 
This obviously was not the appropriate way to get information, and eventually the family fired her and hired Joey Ortega, who is also a private investigator. Um, I get that, you know, possibly the family thought that a psychic could help, you know, if she, in fact, was a real psychic. Um, I do believe that there are people who know things. I had a friend who did, and I'm, but I'm not sure about the tactics used by this one. Yeah. So I know, you know, my friend actually could, you could give her a box with a gift in it and she could tell you what was inside it before she opened it. it wow. Was some scary stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been to see a medium, I guess you would say, and I kind of went into it with that, kind of a, uh, you know. There are people. And she scared me a little bit with yeah. the stuff that she knows. I think so. people do have that ability. Um, I just am not sure this one did. We'll see. But anyway, hopefully the new investigator, uh, Mr. Ortega, and the Sheriff's Department and Texas DPS will somehow locate Lauren and bring her home. Um, her family, including her three small children, deserve to have her back and have closure well, about their child. Mr. Ortega's got a... Um, uh, he's he's got a hard he's job. got a burden, yes, yeah, to go back does. and kind of start over and even kind of fix some of the. Because I, like I said, some I think I think this um, psychic slash investigator um, kind of muddied the water a lot. I think she had a lot yes. of theories that she put out there that maybe necessary didn't necessarily have any foundation, right? You know, and once that stuff, small town. I it's mean, once that town. stuff gets started, it's. You know, yes. You know, it just spreads and spreads and spreads, and then before you know it, they think it's truth. You know, we, yes. You know. We did, by the way, ask on their Facebook page. There is a Facebook page for finding Lauren, and we did ask if the family would be interested in in giving us some information or talking to us, and they never responded to our request. So we would have loved to have had their some of their input on Lauren and Absolutely. her life and all that good Absolutely. stuff because we always love to have a background. But it's we just sad to think that. of what all they've been through. Exactly. Know, and I know that's it's hard, and I know it's probably hard, you know, every day, every month, every year that goes by, it makes it even harder not knowing where she is. Well, so. you know, I've heard people say it's, it's it's worse not knowing. I mean, yes. that's, that's, that's hard when you think about some of the horrific things that I've seen people do to other people, you know, yes. read about. But it it's would be awful. horrible just to not know because your mind can just come up with the worst possible things in the world to think about. Um, the sad thing about all of this is that on one of her Facebook posts, when I was reading through it, she was actually seemed to be trying to maybe get her life in order and get her priorities straight. So on August 13th, um, just a few months before her disappearance in January, she posted this scripture, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Wow. It did sound like she was trying to get it together. Yes. Legendary Shooting Sports in Nash, Texas, loves encouraging shooters, new and experienced, to come practice their skills. With reasonable costs for both members and non-members, it is the perfect climate-controlled, safe atmosphere you need. 
Check out the specials. Tuesday and Wednesday are only $12 for one hour and includes your target. Thursday is ladies' night from 2 to 6 p.m. where ladies pay no range fees. And Fridays are date night where you can pay one range fee and your significant other gets in free in the same lane. There's no reason to not come out to Legendary Firearms. The disappearance of Lauren Colvin Thompson remains unsolved at this time. She is described as being approximately 5 foot 5 inches tall and weighing between 135 and 195 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing dark colored pants or leggings and a dark colored hoodie. If you have any information about this case, please contact the Panola County Sheriff's Department at 903-693-0333. There is a $10,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the person involved in her disappearance. 